Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 673, recorded live on February 20th, 2021. And here are your hosts, the man who had a salad for dinner. Hi! I, I didn't even say your name yet. I'm sorry, I, I came in early on that. We can do that again. I mean, I, I feel like there you need no other introduction. It's just the man who had a salad. And the man who experimented for dinner tonight. Andy Love, hi. So you're just going to skip over my name? Yes. I get to be nameless for this episode. Sure. Okay. Experimented for dinner. What mm. constitutes as an experiment? Did you have a control group? Um, we did not know what the outcome was going to be. So you, you tried something. Yes. But is that the same as experimenting on something? Well, what would you call running a test where you do not know the outcome? Testing something. Oh, okay. So I was I was testing. Okay. Our dinner. Testing dinner. Yes. Did it did it score well? <sighs> By my last count, there are four mouths to feed over there. Although, is one of them up to solid food by now? Uh, Megan is, uh, she had, uh... Megan had pears tonight, right? Peas. Peas, yes. Pears was yesterday. Peas is tonight. Soft, solid food. Okay, so three mouths for dinner. Yes. All right, so let's, let's take this, um... The experiment was just with two of us, though. Okay. I I was gonna ask, like, what was the, the reaction, but... So you tested it. Isaac had, uh, chicken fries for dinner. That was... Okay. So you tested your dinner. Yes. And what did you test? We were going to see if you could take a frozen chicken breast. Yeah. Straight out of the freezer. Yeah. I have a couple of those. Dropped it in a bag with Italian dressing. Okay. And then threw it in the sous vide for about three hours. So you are cooking, you're poaching the chicken in Italian dressing. Pretty much, yes. Okay. Okay. How did it turn out? Flavorful was good. The uh, The outside of the chicken, though, I think spent too long interacting with the acid in the dressing. Yeah. So it started to get a little on the mushy side. I mean, that I don't know if that's a consequence of the dressing or of the preparation, because the last time I tried to sous vide chicken, it did not have a pleasant texture. Well, the, the, how, how long did you sous vide it and at what temperature? I would not tell you. Okay. Uh, whatever the internet told me to do. Ah. Yeah, we did uh, 146 for okay. three hours. Did you sear? No, that's what we're going to try next done? time. Yeah, because that's going to that's gonna firm up that outer skin, right? Yes. Okay. That's what, what, that's what? what we're going to try next time. Is good Because it, it, was, it was flavorful. I ate all my chicken. Kate was a little put off by the texture a bit. On what the outer, Italian on the outside. dressing did you use? Uh, we used the penny safer <laughs> Italian dressing. Okay, that's that's I think Meyer's um, the Meyer yeah, brand. It's, it's it's it no, it's not even Meyer brand. It's like oh god, a step. Yeah. It's the, it's the cheapest Italian dressing in in Meyer's, even cheaper than the Meyer brand, because you know if I'm using it as a marinade. I'm not going to use it for anything else because it was literally sitting in, you know, raw chicken. Well, the the raw shouldn't matter at that point because you literally just cooked it. If you're worried about the raw chicken in the marinade, then don't eat the damn chicken. 
I thought you weren't supposed to ever, you know, if if you marinate something, you're not supposed to do anything with the marinade after, you know. Yeah, unless you're cooking the marinade. That that okay, that is true, yeah. <laughs> Andy, yes, if you marinate it in the fridge, don't use the marinade for anything else unless you cook it. <laughs> which that you're is doing. <laughs> Yeah, the the marinade is getting cooked for the same amount of time as the chicken. So then the marinade, yeah, you're right, would be okay. Yes, yes, it would. And in fact, what you could do, because you've gotten acid and it's been sitting in protein and the chicken's kind of juices would have been leaking into it, you could take that, toss it into a saute pan, uh, or a saucepan rather, and, and like cook that down a little bit, and you have yourself... Almost right away, you have a sauce. Yeah, I probably could do that, couldn't I? Yep. Add a little fresh-squeezed lemon to it to give it a little zest and a little brightness. So three hours, huh? Three hours, yeah. Well, because it was... 146. Well, yeah, because it was frozen. Right. So frozen, you know, frozen chicken breast, you can basically stick another hour on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking, I have a class this week, I'm teaching this week, in Australian Eastern Time. (laughs) Okay. Which means class starts here at 3.30 in the afternoon, which is 8.30 in the morning there, and will continue for eight and a half hours. Yep. So I will be teaching from 3.30 to midnight. Dinner is in there somewhere. So yeah. And if this you can, sounds, yeah, this yeah. sounds like a great dinner idea, right? Like, yeah. did you just put it in like a Ziploc bag? Yeah. Uh, Ziploc has these half gallon marinade bags mm-hmm. that have... Uh, an expandable base, if that makes sense. Yes. It has the, a flat the base bottom. base is not two pieces uh, pinched together. It is, in fact, three pieces yes. pinched together. Okay, cool. <clears throat> I might so, try that. So there you go. You could, you could, you know, three hours frozen at 146. Yep. I've once it gets out, chicken. though, yeah, once it gets out, you you saw, yeah, sear, sear it, it, and then, yes, you could use the marinade as a sauce. Yes. There you go. But you probably want to like cook down the marinade, maybe add a little white wine. We sure. I'm just, you know, experimenting. <laughs> and he's like, I do not have time for this. <laughs> we need to get food on the table. There is no prep time. There is no fancy pantsy nothing. Andy, if you can't take the time to, to like make your food good, to appreciate the food. What are you doing? Sustenance. Then go get Huel or Soylent. Um, also saving money. Again, go get Huel or Soylent. Well, maybe not Huel, but Soylent. Merely that's cheaper than buying the giant bag of frozen chicken breast? Probably for, like, the amount of nutrition that you get. Uh, we, you know. You might not feel full, but you'll have sustenance. All right, hold on. Oh, I'm pulling up. That meal for me was 818 calories. Okay, in theory. Yeah. Are we going to start looking at calories per dollar? Because if that's the case, forget the... the um, yeah, just buy a tub of lard. So, yeah, go buy lard or go buy ramen. <laughs> or go buy lard and ramen. Just, just dump, dump lard in your ramen. Yeah. Here, eat slash drink this. <laughs> I mean, you're, dude, you got to take a pick. Like, 
No, you know, you you are somewhere on this line, right? And that's that's where you should be. You should be at the spot that works best for you. Yep. Okay. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. I'm gonna get in so much trouble one day. <laughs> Four. Because <laughs> there could be many things on that. Yep. I'm just gonna leave it that. Just like that. <laughs> just like but that. I, just like that. We're we're not gonna go any deeper than that. We don't need to go any deeper than that. I don't know what you're talking about, Andy. Nothing happened. Um, so, <laughs> all right. So it was good. Yeah. 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 No, I, you know, did that. We had the mixed veggies. Cool. Uh, we did, here's, uh, here's I my did, question. Go ahead. I, I yeah, did no, a rice go, go peel off with it. Ooh. So there's the fanciness. <laughs> a rice peel off, not just rice, 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 rice peel off. Well, I had, I, you know, I knew what time the chicken was going to be done. So I didn't, I didn't have to try and, you know, the, the chicken was going to be done when the rice peel off was done. So, well, cause the chicken's not done when it's done, right? It's, that's one of the nice things about sous vide is like, you can't overcook it. Yeah. So like the chicken is done when you need it to be done. Every time I try to cook more than one element, Laura like fills up on one before she gets to the other. Oh, like a multi-course thing or no, like a side, Right, oh. like I make something with a side of corn or a side of, of mashed potato or a side of Brussels sprout. And like if I do that, then she eats very little of the main course because she just doesn't eat a lot. So she eats the side. Okay, I gotcha. So we have a lot of, of single course meals. I feel like, you like, know, to, to here's, the, the epitome of like timing out a dinner always has yep. to come down to like Thanksgiving. You got it, you know... Watching a Thanksgiving meal, like, hit the table at the same time. Because you, you want, like, all five or six or twelve elements to come out at once. Yeah. Never happens. No, no, Never that's, happens. that's that's why we we bought, we, we have, like, two warming trays. Yeah. Like, just let it sit there. It's fine. Yeah. If the casserole sits on the counter for an extra, like, 15, 20 minutes, it's fine. If the turkey sits in the oven for an extra hour, then you have a problem. <laughs> Or if um, you you find out that the temperature thermometer in the oven uh, might be uh, wrong. Oh, I mean, almost certainly is. Well, yeah, but off by a considerable amount, I think 75 oh. degrees. Whoa, that is a big difference. Yeah, luckily it was it was low 75 degrees. I mean... Luckily, if you were able to recognize that, because otherwise yes. you just poisoned your entire party. No, no, no. That's the, we recognized it coming in. Okay. Or, while it was still in the oven, we recognized You're it. Like, like this is this is taking too long. Yeah. No. It's like we had we had the we had the turkey on the top, and we had the other you know things underneath the turkey. And yeah. I pull out the green bean casserole, and I'm looking at it going, "This is not right." Yeah. This is not right. So it's like, okay, let's hold on. Let me go grab one of those, you know, barbecue remote thermometers. Just put it in there. You just put it in there and we're reading and going, shoot, that's off by like 75 degrees. Okay, crank up the turkey. So I have a infrared thermometer. Yes. That I, that I use to, uh, I mean, I, I just kind of use it around the house for, for various things, but uh, something I've used it for was checking the temperature of my cast iron skillet, and most recently, checking the temperature of the brick next to the fireplace, because we have bricks surrounding our fireplace. Mm-hmm. And it was very cold here this last week. 
Oh, and were you thinking the heat or the coal was transferring through the bricks? Yeah, yeah, I was thinking that because the bricks were very, very cold. And this room was cold. And this room was colder than any other room in the house. And the bricks were the coldest part of this room. And the bricks at the base of the fireplace were 28 degrees. Oof. Fahrenheit. That's, uh... I could put water on the brick and it would freeze. Uh-huh. There are now blankets covering the brick. It's not the brick's fault. It's actually the fireplace. There's a, like, vent on the bottom of the fireplace that clearly is not insulated the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know how to fix that. Uh... <laughs> <clears throat> hire someone. The answer yes. is hire someone to fix it. Yes. Andy, what are you doing next week? <laughs> uh, traveling up to Holland to see about lights on the tower. Uh, uh, oh, oh, our, uh, our microwave here is broken. Uh-oh. How broken? Um, it cannot run. And this okay. is this is the microwave that is part of our dual microwave oven combo that we bought. Oh, oh dear. Uh, fourteen months like, ago. When you say can, uh, was it a one year warranty? Yes. When you say cannot run, what is the problem with it? Um, it will run for a few seconds and then it will throw an error message that says, um, F one E five error. Uh, cannot. Uh, cannot, what does it say? Something about the, the microwave inverter error. Yeah, microwave oven. Has failed. Yeah, the inverter has failed. <clears throat> there isn't much you can do but to order and replace your inverter board to fix the issue. Try to flip the circuit breaker off to the unit for five minutes to see if the electronics will reset. If that doesn't work, then it's time to replace the inverter board. The inverter board is mounted above the microwave, and the entire unit will need to be pulled out of the wall, and the top sheet metal panel removed to access the part. Below is a link to the part you need to order to replace the issue. Yes, I, I saw that as well. Um, the problem okay. is, I uh, well, one, it's in the wall, so uh, trying yes. to get me to get it out of the wall by myself... Not going to happen. Some, some effort. Yep. Yep. Uh, the second thing is the top panel is actually two pieces, not one. And then mm. as I removed the <laughs> top panel, there is a secondary panel underneath it. Mm-hmm. That somehow also needs to be removed, but I can't see how. Mm. So I have called the uh, KitchenAid repair service, and I'm just going to bite the bullet to get the out-of-warranty repair done. Ouch. Yeah. Probably a good idea. Yep. Probably a good idea. There's there's some pretty high power electronics in the microwave. Oh, I know. <laughs> like of all the things in the house that can like kill you with electricity, the microwave I think is is quite possibly like the most. Uh the microwave and some of the electric the electricity in the air conditioning unit because that one that one really takes big compressor yeah that Mm -hmm. the ac unit uses a lot of needs a lot of amps to get that thing started yep i was actually looking at this um recently because i was looking at power walls for some of our because a couple of our radio stations don't have uh room for a generator on site so I was trying to figure out, I was like, okay, what do I do if there's no generator? I'm like, oh, let me just look at those you Tesla power walls. Yeah. And they, you know, some places have like the, the calculator and it's like, oh, you know, what type of AC unit do you have? 
you have an AC unit bigger than this, you will need at least three power walls. Oh, God. Just order, to generate the amperage? Just to generate the amperage in order to actually get your AC unit running. Okay, if you're running off of your power wall, AC might not be the thing that you really want. I don't know. If you lose power in Texas in the middle of summer? Or in the... <laughs> or, I mean, in the middle of summer... You have, like, ways to take care of that, right? There is such a thing as shade. In the winter, it's it's harder. Yes, as, as we've seen firsthand. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Holy shit, man, Texas is bad right now. Mm-hmm. I, what, what gets me most about it, and we, we probably don't need to talk too much about this, the reason, why is it a problem right now? Well, because... It's cold, and their power grid is is falling apart because it's cold. Okay, so why can't they just borrow from the national grid? Well, because Texas has its own grid, and that it's not part of the national grid. You say, well, that's really weird. Like, Texas produces a lot of power. Shouldn't they, like, normally be hooked up to the grid, and then they can distribute that power and, like, sell it to other states? And Okay, fine. So Texas ha- So why did they choose to do their own power. Oh, it's so that they could avoid certain governmental regulations. Like winterizing your equipment. Like winterizing the equipment. So if they were part of the national grid, not only would they have power right now, because they'd just be part of the grid and the rest of the country would be like, yes, we'll give you power. But also, they wouldn't have the problem in the first place because they would have winterized their grid. Yep. But capitalism and the market. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for Aaron to respond and tell my tell me how. And by waiting for, I mean right now. I'm I'm asking Aaron how the free market is supposed to handle this because it sure seems like it didn't. And if you're about to say that, well, the free market is now going to correct for this, I'm going to say, cool. Tell that to the people who are literally freezing to death. Or the fact that the price of electricity is going to spike the way that the uh, market is currently set up in Texas. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a thing. <sighs> so this kind of came out of nowhere, and I'm moving over to topics. I knew that Google was having some trouble with Australia, and I knew that Google was threatening to cut off Australia. Now, that's kind of weird, right? Like, okay, what the hell? Uh, And it has to do with Australia is passing a law that effectively would say, you know, when you search for something on Google and they bring up that, like, really nice search box at the top where it's got, like, 90% of the time it has the information you're looking for. Like, if I go and I search for age of Robert... Downey Jr. And it just comes up and it's like, he's 55 years old. Mm -hmm. He was born April 4th, 1965. I'm like, cool. That's the information I want and I'm done. Where's that information coming from? It's not coming from Google. It's actually coming, in this case, from biography.com. And historically, I would have had to go to biography.com or wikipedia.org to find this information. And they would have been able to show me ads. And so they would have made money off of me. But Google, by kind of trying to be um, predict my needs and show me the data that I want to see so that I don't have to do that extra work, Google is 
effectively limiting this other website's income and stealing that income because now I'm just going to Google and not going to this other site. So Australia is passing a law to fix that and say like, look, Google, you got to pay these other sites. And Google was threatening to be like, if you make us do that, we're, we're out. Hey, Google, stop. Sorry, I forgot I have a device on the wall that listens for that phrase. <laughs> so that was a thing. And then all of a sudden, this is what caught me by surprise. Evidently, it applies to Facebook. And Facebook's answer was killing all of the news sources for Australia. <sighs> Facebook blocked all news from Australian news organizations on their platform. And that is not sitting well in Australia or anywhere else in the world. No, that's, uh, yeah. As people are like, wait a minute, they can do that? Maybe maybe it's a bad idea to have everyone go to the same place to get their news and that place be a private company. <clears throat> Here's, here's the sad part. It puts me on the same side of an argument as Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> I'm I, not happy about that. But that means that Facebook is being more evil than Rupert fucking Murdoch. Yeah. <sighs> oh, this, this is a good quote here. Yep. Rep. David Ciceline, Rhode Island Democrat, who heads a House subcommittee, uh, says, If it's not already clear, Facebook is not compatible with democracy. Threatening to bring an entire country to its knees to agree to Facebook's terms is the ultimate admission of monopoly power. Yeah. Yeah. Facebook needs to step back. But, like, how? Right? How do you have it step back? How do you, how do you maintain this? As a public entity, because that's what it really needs to be, right? It should not be a private company, but also maintain the freedom from the government. Mm -hmm. I like there is a philosophical question about Facebook's place in society. Well, it was I do not have an answer. It, it was it was kind of funny watching um, the uh, during some of the, the the hearings that Zuckerberg got you know, called to for Congress, watching both sides, both Democrats and Republicans say that something needs to get done with Section 230. But, you know, they're they're agreeing that something needs to get done with Section 230. And it's like, okay. And then watching them completely go at it from two different ways in two opposite directions was like, okay, <laughs> Facebook's stuck between a rock and a hard place right now. Yeah. And this this doesn't make it any better for him. No, no, it doesn't. I'm very like, yeah, I don't know, man. Facebook is just in they're doing some bad stuff. Now, Tim Berners-Lee says that the Australian law could ultimately wreck the Internet. Yeah, but can I can I point out that the law have, hasn't gone into effect yet? And Facebook no, is preemptively. No, no, no. I, I have the utmost respect for. For, for Mr. Berners-Lee. Um, his contributions to computer science are amazing. Um, his foresight and his his design is fantastic. The man is not a sociologist. No. Right? He is not a, a, a psychologist. He's not a philosopher. Like, how is him he, saying that he's, he's any not a, different yeah. than you or me saying that? 
creating the internet, and yes, he played a major part in the internet's creation, does not put him in a position of being able to understand the modern internet and the implications of changes like this. So, Mr. Berners-Lee, again, with the utmost respect for your contributions, sit the fuck down. (laughs) Tim, thank you for the internet. You're not a politician. You're not a politician. You're not an economist. You are not a sociologist. Sit down. Mm -hmm. It's like all the times that people asked Albert Einstein about politics, and he's just like, I... (laughs) Why? Why are you asking me? Right. So, yeah, we'll we'll see where where Zuck goes with this one. I expect a resolution in the next two weeks. I don't know if it'll be a good resolution, but I expect a resolution in the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Facebook flexed and now everybody's going like, oh, <laughs> oh, shit. They really do have a lot of power. Yeah, where was it? It's, I think it was in this article. It said that one of the uh, one of the sites said already their traffic is down by like twenty four percent. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. Analytics firm Chartbeat said the Facebook ban resulted in a twenty four percent drop in overall traffic to Australian publishers by late Friday morning local time compared to forty eight hours earlier. <sighs> the the other thing here though was the fact that things like Doctors Without Borders in Australia got somehow swept up in this as a news site. God damn. I mean, what is a news site? Yep. Are we a news site? I don't know, Dave. <laughs> what I need you if to we do. Try and, <laughs> if we try and publish something in Australia. Don't know what to tell you. I just feel sorry for... Yeah, we should get Cousin. <laughs> oh, Cousin's livid on this topic, man. I've just been watching what he's been posting, because he's been posting on Facebook, which is a little weird um, in, in general. Like, I guess it's getting the word out to other people on the platform that is censoring other things on the platform. But yeah, he's, he's not pleased with it. <clears throat> oh, good. Somebody responded to my Facebook post. I was wondering about that. <laughs> I, had, I had emailed somebody and the email bounced back. Mm-hmm. And, and the so only, you went to Facebook? And I messaged them and they finally responded. I'm like, okay, good. Oh, cool. Yay. Very cool. I'm sitting there thinking, like, I know they're, I'm Facebook friends with them, and I know their email. Yeah. <laughs> Tried emailing them. That didn't work. All of a sudden, Go it's like, Facebook. oh, Facebook message. Oh, look, he's still alive. Yay. God, I hope so. Um, okay, uh, let's see. What other silly news do we have? Um, oh, talking oh, are about. We, are we looking at silly news? Or just some of the news in here does seem silly, like the the NVIDIA is purposely going to break the RTX 3060 for cryptocurrency mining. <gasps> really? Yes. In what way are they breaking it? New drivers that will release this month will reduce the hash rate of Ethereum mining using... So- I mean, the hardware isn't changing, right? It's just the firmware. Yes. And so that could be designed around. Interesting. There's, so, okay. there's been a, a few studies lately about the power consumption of cryptocurrency mining. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it is it's, bad. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculously bad. bad. It's bad. It's one of those things that's like, you know, I, I swear I read something that like, you know, actual mining <laughs> is less damaging to the environment than cryptocurrency. 
Yeah. Um, so, but the other thing there, okay, so one hand, NVIDIA said, okay, we're going to try and do what we can to break the new graphics cards for cryptocurrency. On the other hand, they said, hey, we're offering a new cryptocurrency mining processor instead. That they may be charging more for? I don't know. They're, they're offering a new cryptocurrency mining processor. That's what they're calling it. Yeah, the best performance for my but they won't handle graphics at all. Okay. I mean, I kind of like that idea. Now, they're talking about Ethereum mining. Is is Bitcoin actually, have, have we found all the Bitcoins yet? No, no, I definitely not. But there are a finite amount, right? Yes, there are. Uh, 21 million Bitcoins in total. And we're at 18.5 million Bitcoins right now. Yes. And I'm, I'm going to be good because I Googled that. And I'm going to click on the link that Google has that gives that information. Of course, I have ad blockers on. So <laughs> I don't know how that works. Uh, okay. Uh, okay, here we go. Real-time stats. Uh, 2.365 million Bitcoins left to be mined. Yes. And right now, 21 average, million minus yep. 18.5 million is 2.5 million. No, no, 2.3 million right now. Okay. There are sure. right now in existence 18.634 million. Uh, 88.736%. Uh, <clears throat> new blocks are mined about every 10 minutes. Right now, each new block adds 6.25 bitcoins into circulation. Man, if you had started way back when. At the beginning? Yeah. Yeah. Well, someone posted, like, there was a a demo video of, like, how to use Bitcoin to buy a pizza. And in making the video, the guy bought a pizza and paid for it in Bitcoin. And the same amount of Bitcoin today is worth, like, (laughs) $190,000. Oh, jeez. But let's be honest. Anyone who had Bitcoin at the start, they sold those Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. No, I... uh... I had the first time I actually heard of Bitcoin that was back in 2009 or 10 somewhere somewhere around the 2009 2010 range and the guy had talked about how he uh he had heard about this and he had started mining um and he he held on to this you know he had gotten a couple of bitcoins just himself back in the the, the old days where you know you by yep. yourself could actually have a good shot at mining a bitcoin yep yep and he held on to them and he had gotten married that year he had sold his bitcoins and paid for his honey like two week honeymoon vacation to hawaii yep it's so look all money is fake money mm-hmm. but bitcoin is like super fake money Somebody asked about it, and I'm like, you know, you too could create your own cryptocurrency. The source code is out there. Just fork it. Yep. There's there's no inherent value in it whatsoever. I'd, I'd argue that there's less inherent value than in paper money, where there is a, like, government-backed inherent value. I'm probably going to get reamed on this one. Be like, paper money has no inherent value. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, okay, so first having... Okay, Genesis Block was established in 2009, January 3rd, 2009. So, okay, it must have been 2010 when I heard about it. The early days. Yeah, the first halving. Yeah, which, 
I should have tried to get into that in the early days. Get in, make some money, get out. Yep. Should have bought GameStop at $2.80. <laughs> A lot of things we should have done, Andy. You, you know what I've learned is you need money to make money. Yes. No. It is very easy to make money when you already have money. It is yes. possible. It, it, to make yes, money it is. It is. It is possible to make money if you don't without, have money without seed money. Right? Yes, without, but, but it, it is way easier, like insanely, insanely easier to make money when you already have money. Yes, like it's not really even a comparison. Nope. Yes, your your statement of uh, you need money to make money is pretty damn good like that's that's accurate you need money to make money uh speaking of money though so uh uh-oh um it sounds like you're about to ask for a loan no um so citigroup way back in uh what 2000 and when was that back in august yeah august 11th uh 2020 or yeah um revlon (laughs) the um makeup manufacturer um was basically looking to get a loan from the different banks yes um citibank um basically accidentally oh no sent them 504 million dollars oh no (laughs) which revlon believed that the transfers from citibank were prepayments for an outstanding loan which wasn't due to be paid off until 2023 Okay. The transfer matched to the penny the amount of principal and interest outstanding on the loan. Okay. So Revlon didn't think that there was a problem. Yeah. Citigroup, who accidentally sent them the money. Asked for it back. Asked for it back. And Revlon said, no, you sent us money. We thought it was all in good faith. So uh, it's our money now. Okay. So, just to be clear, if that were to happen, like, this is the Monopoly card that says bank error in your favor, collect $50. Yes, pretty much, except but, this one is if, $504 million. But if that were to happen to me, a private citizen, if the bank wired me $500 million, what do you think the chances would be that I'd get to keep it? Uh, zero, because um, in most cases of mistakenly receiving wire transfers, there is a common law doctrine known as unjust enrichment, which generally obligates that a recipient of money wired by mistake is required to return the money to the sender or face criminal charges. So why did that not apply to Revlon? Uh, This law has an exception that applied in Citigroup's case, uh, brought forward by precedent in a 1991 case where New York's Court of Appeals ruled that if a third party mistakenly sends money to a creditor, the creditor can keep the funds. Uh, allows the recipient to keep funds accidentally wired to them if the mistakenly transferred money was unprompted, relieves a valid debt, and the recipient wasn't aware the payment was made in error. So because this seemed like it was... But like, wait, who who had the debt? Revlon. Revlon is... Revlon right. is close to going under. So Revlon's got the debt. Right. And Citigroup sends Revlon money. Yes. Wouldn't that put Revlon further in debt? Well, they, they thought the money was for prepayments for a, for a new loan, I guess. I'm so confused about where that money, where they thought that money was supposed to go. Wow. <laughs> someone at City lost their job, right? Oh, I, I bet so. Like someone lost their job. 
federal judge ruled that the wire transfers made by Citi, who was acting as Revlon's loan agent, were final and complete transactions not subject to revocation. Oops. So Revlon was looking for money. Citibank was their loan agent. Citibank accidentally sends them $504 million. Revlon goes, oh, this is... But it's not, like... If they're acting as a loan agent and they send you money, don't you expect that that's money that you have to pay back? Like, shouldn't there be a loan attached to that $500 million? Well, they Revlon thought it was due to that other outstanding loan, which wasn't due to be paid off until 2023. Right. So they thought, they thought this money was for another loan. But then they, they should owe money on that other loan that they thought exists. I am so confused. <laughs> I am so confused. That's a very expensive mistake. Yes, $500 million mistake. Plus court fees. Oh, that's true, yeah. And lawyer fees. I I bet you the bank lawyers are not cheap. I bet you the bank lawyers are not happy. What do you mean? Oh, my God. Um, Is there any other money issues? Money-based things? Uh, Last pass free? is not so free anymore yeah i use dash lane anyway okay which isn't free either uh, i've i've determined that that is a service i'm willing to pay for I'm trying to remember if there was anything else that i saw oh uh you don't have this as a, a thing vivendi and universal are they are they splitting not entirely, uh, but Vivendi is looking to sell shares of Universal. Oh. Yeah, here we go. Vivendi plans IPO for Universal Music by the end of 2021. Hmm. Well, that's surprising. Kind of strange, because yeah. it means that an American company, Universal, will be traded on the Euronext exchange. I hear music in the background. Uh, yes, Kate is watching the Victorian Farm on Amazon oh, Prime. Okay. Uh, speaking of watching things, Andy, do yeah, you want to oh. take a little side trip? Sure. But let's, to let's, maybe let's take, like Westview, New Jersey? <laughs> was, yeah, let's take a small trip down, down from Manhattan to New Jersey. What's going on in New Jersey? This little town, Westview, New Jersey. Spoiler alerts. For people who have not yet caught up on WandaVision. Um, well, we, <laughs> the, the most non-secretive secret is finally out. Agnes. And that is actually Agatha Harkness, which everybody knew that one coming. Ooh, everyone who had read the comics knew that was coming. That's true. And everyone okay. who listened to someone who has read the comics knew it was coming. After okay. every episode of WandaVision, I've gone to YouTube and I've watched the people who are like, who spend their lives in comic books, uh, come back and be like, well, this is a reference to this. And this is where this comes from. And these like, once she got pregnant, it's like, that is not a surprise because she had two boys in the comics. Yep. Their names are Billy and Tommy. They're also like speed and Wiccan. Yes. Are their their superhero names and like and by the way this is probably setting up for the Young Avengers coming up so like keep an eye out for that. Mm-hmm. Oh the um there was a pseudo Stan Stanley cameo in the intro. Was there? Yes, the license plate oh. that said Wanda. Yeah. Had six digits on the top. Those six digits were Stanley's birthday. 
Aww. Yep. That's um, very cute. Yep. Um, your, <clears throat> your commercial theory, though. Got blown out. Yes. Blown out. Look, it made it through four really strong. <laughs> yeah, it made it through four Five really strong. Five was a stretch. Five was a stretch. And in fact, last week I was like, I don't know about this anymore. Like, that doesn't... Mm. That, that one's hard to dig into. But I'll point out, everyone else's commercial theory got blown out, too. Yeah, this this one I'm just like... You know, talking about reality. Everyone's like, oh, the commercials are like, they're, they're reminiscence of tragedy and, and stress in Wanda's life. You know, the first one's the Stark bomb and then Hydra and the experiments. And Yeah, this last one, I'm just like, um, Nexus. Okay. Well, so, okay, so let's start with Nexus. Do you understand the reference of Nexus? <sighs> I know it's, it's, uh... Specifically with Wanda in the comics. It, it was it was some sort of like reality coalition or something like that. Wanda is referred to as a nexus being. Yeah, where multiple she realities can meet. The same in no, it's not that they meet. Oh, it's that she is the same in all realities. Okay, Wanda Maximov is the same in all realities. I don't know what that means. Like. Okay, so she's like the same height, the same weight, the same person, but like she's not saying the same thing in all realities at the same time, but she exists across all realities. My my remaining questions for the commercials, who made them? Mm-hmm. Right? The the end of episode 7 is like, "Oh, everything was Agatha. It was Agatha all along." Was it? Well, the the other thing though is the fact that um they uh they talked about sword during the early part of the episode. What broadcast? Not on the air anymore. I'm like, really? Not on the air anymore? And then we watch a commercial. Wait, what? <laughs> I mean, yeah, not on the air. I wonder if they were. Did we make the digital transition and no one noticed? Ooh, Andy, don't. Andy, don't. Andy. Yeah. Don't give the writers that much credit. <laughs> Well, did you notice that the screen resolution changed again? Uh, by resolution, you mean the aspect ratio? Yeah, sorry, aspect ratio, yes. Okay. Uh, when she goes into the basement. Uh, or do you no. mean just in general? It, it changed uh, when uh, Vision woke up. I missed that one. Yep. So there was another aspect ratio change. Because it changes when she goes down into the basement of Agatha's house. Mm-hmm. But I missed that there was one when Vision wakes up. Yeah. Or... Or were some commercials from one and some from the other? Maybe the commercials are... Okay, it would make sense if the commercials were Wanda's subconscious. Mm -hmm. Right? All of them, I think, make sense then. It makes sense that she's dealing with tragedy and the horrors, but it's also the last two make sense of like, hey, something's draining your magic and it will kill you. And hey, you have to start moving on. You have to accept what's going on. Yes. Like, yes, it's going to make you sad. Yes, it's going to hurt. But you have to start confronting this. Uh, man, I just... <laughs> I'm I'm watching this thing going, just like, I don't know what the hell is going on. Was that book in the basement? Was that the Darkhold? The book? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know enough about Marvel in-universe evil books. <laughs> Evidently, there are a lot of them. 
Um, it, it could be. It could be anything. It could be the Necronomicon, for all we know. It is not worth trying to figure out which book that is. Yeah. But no, my, my Infinity Stone theory got kind of, like, smashed. Yeah. Which is too bad. Those, those I believe, are red herrings then, right? And, like, yeah. how many things in the show are just red herrings? Hey, let's make a cube. Oh, let's, you know, like, we need a soap container. Let's make it look like the Tesseract. <laughs> yeah, because, like, there's nothing in this commercial to represent the Power Stone. No. That's, that's basically the only one left, right? Yeah. Because, you know, if... Mind if the- Stone, Time Stone, Tesseract... Ether and the Soul Stone was a stretch, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, it's on an island, and there was an island on Boromir, and the sun is the same color as the Soul Stone, and there was a skeleton, and it's the Red Skull is the guardian of the Soul Stone. So, what do you think? Next week is a flashback with a lot of history of Agnes. Well, we got we got two what two episodes left? Two episodes. Yep, there are two episodes left. Oh boy. Yeah, you're going to have to, I feel like you're going to have to get everybody else up to speed on Harkness. The 12,000-year-old witch? Yeah. Who was at the Salem Witch Trials? Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. That and, you know, uh, Monica Rambeau finally got her superpowers, so. Yeah. I love when she fell out of the sky, she landed on the on the sidewalk in the in the superhero pose. Oh come on. Marvel couldn't lampshade that any harder if they tried. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we know. We know. You want to know who's a superhero? Here. They do this. <laughs> God, I still love that in the Deadpool movie where he's just like, oh, 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 he's gonna do a superhero jump, superhero jump, superhero jump. Oh, that looks so cool. Really bad on your knee, though. Yeah. Oh, man. So that one's going to happen. And then what? Uh, Winter Soldier is next? Uh, yeah, Captain Falcon and Winter Soldier. That's Friday, March 19th. Okay, so we got one this Friday, one the next Friday. There's got there's to be something on the 12th, right? I think there was something like a, um, a behind-the-scenes thing with WandaVision on the 19th. That'd be cool. And then Falcon like and Winter, a, Falcon like, and Winter hey, Soldier here's a start up. Here's all the stuff. Here's how we did it. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So that's six episodes until the 23rd. Man, it's going to be a crazy time. So theories, right? Because that's all we've got. Yeah. I think Wanda created the hex, but I think she did it with the express purpose not to make a fake reality, but just to hide vision. And then Agatha co-opted it. She saw the opportunity and she took it. And moving through the decades and doing the whole sitcom thing, that was not Wanda, that was Agatha. The the question that I've been still trying to find the answer to is, Agent Wu was there for a missing person's witness, witness protection. Who's the missing person? Yeah. <clears throat> Who's the witness? Yes. How That's did, a really how did, fun theory about that one. A, a theory that I wish was true. It's not, but I wish it was true. That it was Justin Hammer. <laughs> what? What's, what would Hammer be doing over in New Jersey? Well, Andy, if you're in the witness protection program, isn't yeah, that what you, you want to ask? Is 
Yeah, move them all the way over to the opposite side. Right. I I want it to be true only because I want Sam Rockwell back in the MCU. Oh yeah, no. He he played that sleaziness just perfectly. He crushed that role. I actually just found out this last week he was originally considered to play Iron Man. Ooh. He was he, it was going to be like, you know, everyone in in production wanted Robert Downey, but they were talking about the possibility of Sam Rockwell. Who who was though? With the higher ups? Yeah. Yeah, these were the same higher ups who didn't want Dave Bautista to be in Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, look, they're not all winners, the higher ups. <laughs> yeah. No, I if I remember correctly, Gunn said that that was the one thing that he was fighting tooth and nail for. Yeah. And then the first screening with Dave Bautista, Kevin Feige looked at him and it's like, no, you're right. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so yeah, we're over an hour. Oh, we should, okay. Uh, cool. I suppose that's my review then. Yes, it is your review. I lied. I'm going to review something else. <laughs> well, I'm glad I didn't put any. <laughs> you should know better by now. Um, all right. So here's the thing. And I need you to trust me on this. <laughs> okay. Um, I am going to review a fanfic. <laughs> Andy. Andy. Nope. Andy Lowe. I need you to trust me on this. I have never sought out fan fiction, right? Like, yeah, I've, I've made fun of things for me. Like, look, that's basically just fan fiction. Like Mm -hmm. someone at work pointed me to a fanfic and it isn't that kind of fanfic. It is a rewrite. It's not an insertion fanfic. It's not a, like a a slash fic. It's, it is a, a someone, it's almost like a parody, right? Would you consider a parody a fan fiction? Oh, of course. Okay, so it's it's along those lines. It is called Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality. And it is a what if? What if almost everything else in the Harry Potter universe was unchanged, except Harry Potter himself actually thinks rationally and is like educated and in in science and in scientific method. Hmm. And it is fucking hilarious i started reading this again at the the recommendation of someone at work and it is just incredible it is so good there is one other change which is that um petunia doesn't meet or doesn't marry uh what's his name dursley like she actually meets someone else and and marries him uh and so her her husband which is say harry's adopted father uh is actually like a professor and this is why Harry has education and why he values intelligence and rationality. Okay. And it, it is so good, Andy. It is so, so goddamn funny. I, I cannot recommend reading this enough. Uh, for, for those people who are like me and have a huge problem with JK's handling of magic and the lack of rules in her universe about the use of magic and like how you're throwing these kids at 11 years old into a school where they stop learning things like math and science and what happens in that sort of society and what happens if 
someone who actually is muggle-born or muggle-raised, like, goes in and actually starts saying, like, well, wait a minute. Just because it's magic, that's not an answer. How can you do that? Magic. No. So how does one access? HPMOR.com. HPMOR.com. Oh. Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality. Less wrong. (laughs) By less wrong. Pointing out that, like, there's a whole there's a whole chapter where, you know, it follows the plot of the first book. So, like, he goes to Diagon Alley, he goes into Gringotts, he finds that he has his own, like, vault and he has lots of money. Cool. But then he starts thinking about, like, wait a minute, wizarding money is gold and silver, which have prices in the muggle world. Yes. You can buy gold and silver. But in the wizarding world, the, the price is fixed, right? The conversion between the silver currency and the gold currency is fixed. But it is not fixed in the real world. <laughs> and so he's like, oh, I can make infinite money. <laughs> the, the, the problem is I have a feeling that the uh, Ministry of Magic would frown upon that. Upon what? He's not making infinite money with magic. But nobody's going to ask him where he's getting all this money from. He's taking money, melting down the currency, or maybe not even melting it, and, like, selling it on the open market. It's just gold. That's true. Or purchasing money on the open market and bringing it back. Like, it's just doing conversions. But, you know, someone's not paying attention. Hmm. Well, the best I can tell you is I can add this to the list. Yeah. I I am very I like I like this this fic. This is really good. I don't think this is going to be like a gateway to further fan fiction, but this one's really good. Okay. Well, I will uh just give it give it a couple pages. All right. All right. I I still have to finish the this month's book club book, uh, especially since it was my choice yep. this month, so I should probably finish the book. And then Probably. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read. Ready. Only, I mean, what kind of jerk would submit a book club book and not finish the book? <laughs> hmm. And then proceed to disappear from book club. In shame. Uh, random topic, sir. Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. How do you slow down Mustang Sally's Mustang? Is this from a song? Yes. Yes. Um, the song is called. Mustang Sally. Okay. Uh, made famous by Wilson Pickett. Covered by a whole bunch of people. I mean, how do you slow down Mustang Sally's Mustang? Slash retires? Do Like, is this a non-destructive method of slowing down her Mustang? Does Mustang Sally obey the speed limit? Um, not really. She's got a bit of a, a lead foot in the song. Granted, the idea, the, the whole thing of the song is the fact that uh, this, the singer is her sugar daddy, and he buys her a Mustang, and all she does now is just drive around town in her Mustang. Okay, so this is like the little old lady from Pasadena, but more modern? No, this, is an, old, this is an old song. Okay, but older than the little old lady from Pasadena? Uh, let's see, that little old lady from Pasadena, was that... Let's see, Mustang Sally was 66, little old lady from Pasadena, 1964. So little old lady beats Mustang Sally by two years. Yes. 
I mean, I'd love to see a drag race. Oh man, no, no, you don't want to see a Mustang. <laughs> My God, if if you ever, you know, have a few minutes, there's probably YouTube videos of Mustang crashes or people who go to um, uh, car shows and they try and do a burnout on the way out, and the Mustangs always just, just always seem to crash. Yes. Oh, look, there's a 10-minute compilation. Ford Mustang Crash Compilation. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it would just be... What what car does she drive in The Little Old Lady? Uh, I think that's a GTO. Uh, what think? was the car in The Little Old Lady from Pasadena? Super Stock Dodge. Dodge. Super Stock Dodge, yeah. Okay, so who, who wins in a race between the Mustang and the Dodge? Keeping both cars from their era. So we're talking about a 64 Dodge and a 66 Mustang. Oh, it's got to be the Mustang. The Mustang was the, the epitome of the pony car. The Dodge, it, unless, you know, maybe a ch- Charger, maybe? Was the Charger around in the 60s? I think so. So, I mean, how do you... How do you slow her down? How do you slow her down? Um... Hider keys. That doesn't slow her down. That just stops her. Okay. So you got to slow uh, her down. So you can't slash the tire, but you could let air out of the tire. That would slow it down. Mm-hmm. Um, you could take out like one of the spark plugs. <laughs> that's that's true. That would slow it down, right? And that would be it. That would give you a really bad knock in the engine. So yes. Yes. Um. If you diluted the fuel somehow? Ah, uh, no. That would that would just probably stall it out. If I added, like, a little bit of nitrogen gas into the oxygen gas. Oh, starve Not it? Not nitrous oxide. No, no, nitrogen. Yeah, yeah. Nitrogen. You could starve right. the engine, maybe. To starve the engine so that the, the combustion reaction isn't as strong? Yeah, no, diluting, diluting with water could possibly do that, too. That's, it's an interesting idea because there's a lot of things you can do to a car that just will just you know stop it dead in its tracks. But how do you you know how do you purposely? How do you, how do you, well, I mean, add a governor, right? How do yes. how do governors work on the engine? Well, you'd probably be with the carburetor since it's a '64. How does a governor work on a small engine? Uh, okay, governor inspection. The governor itself uses a rotating mass applied against a spring to adjust the carburetor throttle shaft and to regulate the engine speed around a set point established by the throttle level position. Okay, so add a governor. Yeah, mechanical governor. Done. It's a 66 Mustang. It's got to go in the shop every so often. All right, I think that's it. Are we good? Yeah, I think that's the best guess I got. So, uh, right. yep, uh, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you.